it's a race between Elon Musk and NASA. And man, his fans are passionate. Oh yeah. my god, I get into like tweet wars with these people. Like, geez, yikes, SpaceX, these fans. musketeers. <laughs> huh? I think I just gave him a name. <laughs> Musketeers, that's good. I like that. Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Today I have a comedian guest, and I've known him ever since I started doing comedy, which was not very long ago, but he was there from the beginning because he hosts uh, Open Mic at the Ice House here in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. He recently went over to to Afghanistan. It was Iraq. Iraq. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we'll ask him about that. Sure. And he also has a great new show that he's working on that I'm really excited about called We the People. Please welcome Ken Gar. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's one clapping my, my first applause break today right. <laughs> i'll take it yeah ken you're a really funny guy thanks uh, i love your style of comedy i was a little intimidated by you at first because you're kind of a no bullshit guy but then it turns out you're really nice so. oh thanks <laughs> but that's always the best people right where you're a little yeah. like when you're right at first you're like what's this guy and then they turn out to be the friend those are the best well, friends this not i've not i've heard that many many times most <laughs> most of my friends are like i didn't like you at all at first and then i spent a little bit of time with you i think i'm a little bit standoffish i think that's kind of my defensive well also i think um just when you host an open mic yeah you have to because mm-hmm. op- i mean it's crazy I oh mean, yeah it's like first of all like everyone's terrible i mean <laughs> so that's step one but then also just all these people who just came here especially in la yeah like everyone just came here is like i'm the top comic in minnesota then you yeah, come here like duluth. whoa really i wow. own duluth <laughs> right. Right, take duluth. it easy yeah. <laughs> all right we got you yeah i think it's 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 in in everyone experiences it when they come to la especially if they have had some experience and some success in other places where they need to be humbled a little bit yeah, you know because yeah. it's a long process and yeah. there are very few overnight successes in los angeles yeah. definitely the exception to the rule and uh you know open mics can even be a little scary sometimes i oh, don't mean yeah. i don't mean for performance i like physically scary like uh I, did you ever do the one up in seattle or do you do you know about that one the uh-uh. about the guy who um got attacked oh yeah my friend kane is friends with that guy yeah, yeah yeah so he hired me to host a mic up there and i thought it was so weird to, wow. to get invited to do that like, yeah because it's hard to do here anyway i went there and he showed up and that surprised me even more because i was like why would he why the does guy he with the baseball bat showed up no no the guy with the injury and then he's oh. and then it turns out like i'm the only person in comedy who didn't hear about it he's like oh yeah i don't really like doing it anymore after the incident i'm like what are you talking about and he told me about it. he's like how did you not know this happened because yeah. it was like i guess very public yeah it was yeah it was on i think it was on youtube or something but yeah it went yeah. viral pretty quick they had a fundraiser for him so for you guys listening um there's there's a comedian in in seattle who hosted an open mic and a very disturbed um comedian uh, got mad at him and walked into the open mic with a baseball bat and started bashing him in the head. Um, my my good friend Kane Holloway um, was there and was actually took his sweatshirt off and like you know was trying to like treat his wound. Like, yeah, while the ambulance. Yeah, oh, while wow. the ambulance was showing up. Um, so it was a very serious matter, and obviously the guy went to jail and, and all that stuff. But yeah, they had a, a fundraiser for him and try to pay some of the medical bills but really scary dude you just don't imagine that and like i'm always like on the defensive you know i've I've had one time where we were at the ice house in pasadena and you know i had a guy that came up and you know he was a converted muslim and just started like 
lecturing and then like, like got very like he he started talking about committing violence and i'm just like i just like turned on my video recorder and i'm like mm, let's, let's keep an eye on this guy you know but uh but yeah it can be a there little nerve-wracking it might be a terrorist watch list for going yeah. to an open mic that's how dangerous they yeah, are yeah we got a bunch of guys in suits and sunglasses coming to the open mic I'm like you guys signing up like no we're just gonna watch like all right fbi yeah uh, another friend of mine just there was a he made fun of somebody and he was mm-hmm. hosting and yeah. he made fun of the guy saying he wasn't funny and then mm-hmm. they got into a fight. Like he yeah. attacked him. It was crazy. I'm surprised I haven't been beat up to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you're pretty intimidating looking. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you, you have that good, like you have a confidence that makes, you know, I think that's what people see when they first meet. They're like, yeah. hey, why is this guy so stand up? It's like, well, because he might have to kick your ass. He doesn't know you yet. <laughs> I am from the Something south like... side of Chicago, so I think we're all <laughs> kind of right. like this. That's right. You're from <laughs> Chicago. I love... Uh, man, Chicago's awesome. It's the best city. I want to go back there. And you go there a lot, yeah. right? You go yeah, back yeah. home and do shows there. Yeah. Um, yep. I started my comedy career there, so I did about... Uh, my first 12 years, I did stand-up in Chicago and then moved to L.A. about... F- well, I moved there four years ago last week, so I mm-hmm. celebrated four years here, so... Oh, awesome. It's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me about your your trip to Iraq. Yeah, so uh, in April I had uh, the honor of going to Iraq, Kuwait, and Djibouti, Africa, Sweet. Uh, which is next to Ethiopia, um, for a 16 day uh, tour with the um, Armed Forces Entertainment. Uh, so it's kind of like USO, but uh, kind of a different brand. Um, a guy out of Las Vegas named Don Barnhart books it and. Uh, I just reached out and said, hey, this has always been a dream of mine. I would love to go out and entertain our troops. And so I had, I was able to go out there. I went to um, Baghdad. Uh, we did a few days in Kuwait. I did uh, this base called Al-Assad near Syrian border. Um, it was a very serious and kind of scary uh, tour. But, you know, we had an amazing time. We took military aircraft everywhere. We had escorts the shows were amazing we were just given the royal treatment no matter where we went they were so appreciative it's honestly you know in 16 years of doing stand-up it's probably the best work i've ever done in regards to the the reward you know and and so um the conditions over there i had no idea you know you see you know on television you see these big tents and stuff but i mean a lot of these people are a lot of our soldiers are just living in these little um basically trailers like 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 you would see like where you pay for storage you know what i mean mm-hmm. um oh, wow. yeah like little storage lockers and they'll, they'll be like you know four people in a storage locker and you're like this is it this is where they live <laughs> wow it's Hopefully crazy air conditioned though no right? i'm no? some of them aren't some of them are not some oh, of them are <laughs> you know they'll have like these little air conditioners but i mean they're not you know they're not really doing much but you know the, the you know and then some of the bases obviously are pretty well established like in kuwait they had really large bases with dormitories and like all the great facilities but um but as you got out kind of closer into the war zones you know things got a little dice here yeah i had a friend who said his favorite part of being deployed there was going on going to back to kuwait oh yeah <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> absolutely it's like a it's like a country club resort out yeah, there like yeah. uh like he mentioned um he mentioned that all of iraq i think is like is a dry mm-hmm. country and Kuwait's yeah. not, I guess. Um, One of the comedians and, had the funniest line. <laughs> but you wouldn't have to worry about that because you, know, you, you say in your stand-up, you yeah. stop drinking. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm that. a sober guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I quit drinking. Um, I think it's like 413 days ago. And uh, yeah, it's been a journey. You know? I like how you said it. I think it's, but then you yeah. have this like totally exact number. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was it's like, like, I'm like, was it 412, 413? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I I I quit drinking. I wanted to get 
you know, more serious about my career. And, you know, as you know, um, you know, being part of the comedy world, we hang out in bars 300 nights a year. Mm -hmm. So it's real easy to kind of get caught up in, you know, that lifestyle. And for me, you know, I've never been kind of a one drink kind of guy. I'm just like, go big or go home. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's probably, I would say, the biggest problem I have in comedy right now. (laughs) Drinking? Is that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I started... I liked comedy. I was a comedy yeah. fan long before I started doing it. Yeah. As just a hobby in addition to um to being a scientist. Mm-hmm. And I only decided to try and actually do it like, you know, performance wise recently. And um and it's hard because like part of what you're paying for is to be drunk while watching somebody who's <laughs> you know, fun and like actually doing it on, you know. Yeah. And it's very hard to perform when you're actually one of the drunk people, which is why yeah. hecklers are so, so annoying. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. I you know, I I drank, you know, obviously up until about a, a little over a year ago. I was never a big drinker before shows, but you know, I certainly, you know, after the show when I wanted to keep that buzz going of having just performed, you know, kept drinking. Um, but you know, for me it was just like I don't know, like just just personally like the the positives outweigh the negatives for me. You know, I'm 40, so hangovers last two days now instead of <laughs> two hours when you're in your 20s. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you spend a lot of money. You you know, and, and again, I'm I'm not one of those guys where I'm just going to have one or two and go home. You know what I mean? I just want to keep going and have fun. So The water slide effect. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so, but it's been great. For me, a lot of things have, have really opened up. A lot of opportunity, opportunities have been um coming my way because I th- i'm focused you know much more focused now but I, a lot of new comedians you know and i'm not certainly not putting you in this category but a lot of new comedians they ha- you have to deal with nerves you have to deal with stage fright you have to deal with getting comfortable with yourself no no i am in that category yeah <laughs> that, you know so, so it's, it's a yeah it's yeah. a dangerous cycle because it's like oh, i'm a little bit more comfortable but you're also a little bit sloppier oh when you of do course it, and and uh, the timing gets worse and yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah it's tough yeah. well you figure everyone figures yeah. it out you know yeah um yeah, I still see, I'm still in this mindset that it's, you know, it's still the end of the day because mm-hmm. I still work on things. I like doing this, uh, doing some work for um, various papers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, even though I'm not paid for it. <laughs> like newspapers, okay. research papers? No, no, research like, papers. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. In fact, uh, in fact, this is part of why I didn't have a scientist today is uh, I'm, I have some personal news mm-hmm. related to that, which is um, our, our paper came out for an experiment called Quarry, oh. which is in Italy. Wow. And uh, it's a um, kind of experiment called neutrinoless double beta decay experiment. Okay. okay. And uh, so neutrino so right now we you know I don't you don't know that much about science, right? I don't know what you're No, I'm is. not no, I'm not, not a huge science. The, audi- the, the audience yeah. does either, but that's Yeah. <laughs> so uh, teach us. Uh, yes, I will. Uh, here I go. So, do you know what the standard model is? Nope. Okay, so there's this thing called the standard model of physics, and they test for it at the Large Hadron Collider, and it's built up slowly over time. It basically describes all the particles that we know about, mm-hmm. except gravity, and it tells how they all work, and it explains everything really well. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, it's frustratingly really uh, accurate. Too, frustratingly accurate because it didn't help solve... Now that they re-ran... The Large Hadron Collider, they've tested the standard model and it checked out just really well. What's kind of hilarious is they could do all of 50 year, fifty to 100 years of experiments. They were able to repeat in the first six months because of just the size of the machine. It wow. was able to do that. And they were trying to look for higher 
you know, new extensions to it. So they confirmed everything about that had ever been done before, all previous experiments and additional experiments. And unfortunately, they didn't find anything new. Can they we back just, up a little bit? What's a yeah. collider? Oh, a collider. Uh, so a collider is a, is a big ring um, underground. Okay. And it takes uh, protons and it, uh, or sometimes antiprotons, and it takes them and it makes them go in opposite directions okay. as fast as possible. Okay. And they go faster and faster and they pump all this energy into them. And eventually they um they run into each other and they they put the detector they build this giant detector mm -hmm. and they put it right at the collision point okay and, and when the when two particles collide at high energy they're going like really really close to the speed of light yeah and there's a lot of them too there's yeah. just tons of protons going really fast at the speed of light and um so when they collide they give this spray of particles and right. they they there's all these exotic particles that we don't run into every day in fact that's that's part of the weird thing of physics is that most of the stuff that we all deal with, you know, like Wood tables and, metal and chairs and, yeah, or bodies yeah. and chemistry, that's all just the simplest first level of all these particles. Okay. There's like up quarks, down quarks, and electrons, and they all, and, and photons, and they all interact and make our everyday world. But mm -hmm. when you get to higher energies, you get these more exotic versions of those same things. And they fit together in a nice little puzzle, uh, and that puzzle is was solved by various physicists over time and it's okay. the standard and now it's the standard model when the last remaining piece was the one you probably heard about in the news the higgs boson i was like the only piece that hadn't been found mm -hmm. it's sometimes called the god particle oh yeah yeah okay. so they found that and that finished the puzzle that was like the last missing piece then they all went home and they well <laughs> like, we're good <laughs> no i mean it, <laughs> they didn't physics want is to. done <laughs> Well, that's what was so frustrating is that it, <laughs> physics isn't done because right. there's all these solved, these unsolved problems. Right. And we're expecting, you know, something new to help ah, explain them. Okay. So, like, so another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So, and like, really there's dark matter. what was example. already known. Yeah. So they were hoping for a new thing that had never been seen before. Okay. Um, I mean, it's good that they, the thing they were looking for was there because that yeah. would have been interesting. So it turns in out God's just a dude named Larry who's <laughs> right. been around for years. <laughs> right. Like, oh, hey, guys. Uh, it's, yeah. just, <laughs> it's just Larry. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's perfect. But there's all these unsolved problems like uh, what is dark matter? Why is there so much matter instead of antimatter in the universe? This, mm -hmm. is a, this actually is a really troubling problem to physicists. So we, we have a Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. You know, that are all the particles from from the initial state of the universe all came from the same spot. But whenever we do an experiment in the lab, you always see equal <clears throat> amounts of matter and antimatter. Mm -hmm. And they just, they behave very, very similarly to each other. But for some reason, the universe behaves as if at the beginning of the universe, there was a, there was just slightly more matter than antimatter. But mm -hmm. even that slight amount, we can't like account for it's just it's not it was, in the standard model There's it was not larry, it. It was larry. <laughs> yeah he's like oh yeah i picked uh matter yeah it was just i couldn't decide just <laughs> yeah well we were hoping larry would well like <laughs> it's so us. funny i'm not i'm not like uber religious right but like when you talk about like the story of adam and eve right so like eve was constructed out of adam's rib uh -huh. so really that so it's a, that theory applies you're to saying the story. matter is male is matter is male you and anti male biased anti-matter <laughs> Ladies, listen up. <laughs> You're anti-matter. Uh, okay. I'm gonna get. This is how I publicize the podcast. We say something just slightly confrontational. You're just a the, rib, right. from our rib cage. You're spare ribs. <laughs> you know what's always bothered me about that story? What? It was just like, wait, so. Adam had like an extra rib, and that's now we're equal. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that bothers me. 
It was a flaw, there's a flaw in, in, in Larry's math there. Like, well, I made an extra rib. That was so mean. Yeah. It's like not even full leg. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's like we didn't have like 11 toes and fingers mm-hmm. and he just made it all up. Yeah. So I, so what, let me ask you this then. Oh, no. Go ahead. Uh, uh, no, ask me a question. Well, so we'll, antimatter, we'll right? So uh-huh. like I, I read that uh, it was the guy who wrote the Da Vinci Code had mm-hmm. that follow up book and, and like antimatter was a yeah, huge yeah, part of that book. I didn't see the second one, but I know that it's a big one in in the first book. In the first book, that's yeah, what. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first book he wrote, where yeah, they just steal like, it from they, the they Large take, Hadron Collider. Yeah, that, exactly. That's where they it. actually go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I haven't <laughs> read the book in years, but like, basically alluded to the fact that like an experiment could go wrong, and then we could create a black hole out of this collider. Uh-huh. So, what's w- yeah. what is the story or science behind that? Like, well, are you guys? Are you guys yeah, that, possibly going to destroy our world? So that was a big that was a big issue, and it came up a lot. Um, and it was really hard to not scare the public about that. But yeah. um, it's uh, the reason that scientists weren't really worried about it is, uh, first of all, we'd actually love to see a black hole in it. But we have no re- I'm serious. We, <laughs> we just don't want to start it in Denmark. <laughs> or well, we already know that a black hole that's small mm-hmm. can't actually eat the whole earth okay so well, and, it, and, it, and it would be it would so they were already not worried about that yeah so and the other thing is it, it's very unlikely to be unstable i'm sorry that it'd be stable yeah so even if we did make a black hole it it wouldn't stay there very long so that was actually this is how this whole fear started was because scientists really said i hope we make a black hole in here yeah. that scared the crap out of everybody there were like animations on youtube of like the earth being <laughs> right that's what i remember and, seeing yeah <laughs> yeah but that but we only just big cease black to holes exist. can do that so <laughs> so it was all right um but yeah, most black holes are bigger than like twice the mass of the sun or even well actually the biggest the smallest is ever seen is like three and a half times bigger than the sun so yeah but didn't they all start off as little black holes no, actually, they don't. Okay. Yeah. Well, here we That's, go. Um, so uh, we don't, and we know that there aren't any because we look for them and we don't see these tiny, tiny black of holes. Of course, so black holes. Right. <laughs> you can't see them. Well, you can look for their effects. <laughs> okay. So. We're pretty sure that there aren't any, but so, uh, you know, that's why we weren't worried about that. The okay. other reason um, we weren't worried is that even though we're making all these collisions, mm-hmm. the thing that makes it an experiment is that we're making them in the same place inside that detector so we can carefully measure it yeah these these collisions actually happen in nature all around us all the time anyway so okay. that was the main reason nobody was worried is because we've ever since we've been able to like look for particles yeah we found out there's these uh these particles called cosmic rays mm-hmm. that are just these insanely energetic protons and, and other nuclei mm-hmm. being thrown out of so, to some degree it's a mystery where some of them come from but some are from like supernova that are billions years old and they're just flying all the way through space and we can't see them with our eyes but once people started taking detectors up out and taking them on top of mountains mm-hmm. you start we start seeing them wow and uh so we already know these collisions are occurring the yeah. problem is you can't do an experiment there because you never know exactly when, when or where, where. Yeah. yeah you can't doc brown it you know okay. you, you don't have the clock tower so really the, the so that's the other reason that they're not worried is that it sounds like we're doing something super yeah energetic that's never happened before which by human scales it is but not by astronomical scales it's now, just we're doing it all in the same spot if a spider gets inside the collider w- will it be radioactive right yeah probably i mean okay. it, it'll mutate into something and then it will that's bite a me legit, yeah that's a legit uh, concern <laughs> That one, there's that's just some, real. There's just some old Hispanic lady that cleans the collider. Like, no. It's I in Switzerland. Clean the, so. clean the collider. <laughs> She's just got Febreze. 
<laughs> uh, uh, Peggy's freezing the collider right now, guys. Let's shut it down. <laughs> shut it down, guys. Don't release the protons at the speed of light. They're actually, it's a legitimate concern people getting trapped down there. Because when oh my that God, thing what turns a on, yeah, I yeah. mean, it is really radioactive. So you wow. can't even like walk up to it yeah. just casually. And they have this really cool security system that. Uh, they, they actually use it when uh, what's the guy who did Da Vinci Code? I forget his name. He visited Dan Brown. Dan Brown. When yeah. Dan Brown visited, and did they uh, all give him dirty looks? He got, no, they, no, 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 because he went before he wrote it. Oh, and okay. This was, and he he knew they had all these cool security stuff. So you remember how like the guy has to get through the the eye recognition? Yes, that's a real thing. Wow. They actually have an eye scanner, and they all think. It, but it seems like they kind of did it for fun. Yeah, more than anything. Yeah, but, right. But I got to do it. They like they had to add my eye profile to the thing, and I got to stand in this thing. Oh, you're in the system now, bro. <laughs> yeah. Big brother's got your eyeballs, man. Uh, and it's awesome because it scans you, and mm-hmm. it also measures to make sure that you didn't carry anything radioactive up. Because if you leave like a tool there, you take a uh, like a, a wrench, yeah, and then you leave it for a year, and then you pick it out. That wrench is now radioactive. Wow. You can't just like bring it out. So they have all these monitoring to make sure that you know contamination doesn't leave the Are facility. Are they all wearing ET outfits? Yeah, totally. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. Well, not the not the like a uh, first one, not the full on NASA suit. Yeah, that would be really cool. But yeah. now just the yeah clean just suits a protective and stuff guide. Like that. Yeah, although usually it has more to do with protecting the machine. Yeah. Which is <laughs> for Pete's one is extra funny. Because that stuff happens sometimes. That like, uh, like a, um, it's still... I've lost all my hair and teeth. We don't care. <laughs> okay, the collider's the most important thing. But sometimes you can get stuff inside. So right? how many square miles does this collider cover? I think it's... Uh, well, kilometers. they do kilometers, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, gotcha. um, I think it's 26 kilometers around. Wow, think, okay. Is the length. Yeah. Um, even more impressive is the momentum of these particles mm-hmm. there's there's so much hydrogen in there and they're going so fast um that the the momentum of this beam i mean mm-hmm. it's a beam of particles it's yeah. not a solid object it has the momentum of an aircraft carrier wow and so the reason it has to be so big is because these things it's like like imagine just taking an aircraft carrier just like do, doing a hard turn yeah. the entire time so they have to put these massive bars like pushing it in so that the thing doesn't fly apart mm. under the pressure of its own beam. And that's wow. the limiting factor. That's the only reason they have to make it that big is you can't turn the beam faster than that because <laughs> it's just so close. To, it's so heavy. It's so close to the speed of light. I think these, that it's like puts this strain on it. I think these scientists <laughs> just have collider envy. Yeah. We'll just make it huge. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to say, it was really disappointing that Europe built this because we had one mm. planned for... Um, for Texas in the 90s and it got canceled and it caused a lot of our scientists to by leave. Clinton or well it was during his administration but okay. he definitely didn't cancel it but uh, okay. uh, Republican Congress did oh wow I think it I they you know, hate science they do but um I totally agree that they hate science but yeah. but I think a bigger problem there that has not been all since of them fixed, hate science, yeah but <laughs> it's not fair generalization <laughs> Um, it has since been fixed. Uh, one of the issues was that it's this been was fixed. A, this they just came out and said there's a, half of them don't believe in climate control. How is it fixed? <laughs> it's a it's a work in progress. No, they're not believing in science. Parts not fixed. But uh, I saw know, a bumper sticker said the other day. It said enough with the science already. <laughs> That's awesome. What has that ever done yeah. for us? <laughs> While they sit in an automobile that was created by science. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Yeah, it's rough. Oh my god. That's why I think shows like this are important. I it's just but it's hard because it's very educational. The PC, the PC culture in 
science is much worse than in comedy. Oh my god! Uh, and so it's really challenging to be funny and not offensive at the same time. And yeah. So if you're trying to make comedy and science work, you have to figure out a way to to blend them in a way that doesn't upset people. And it's hard because if you want to make it interesting to some people, they you have to upset somebody else. I mean, you know that. Yeah. I mean, that's just how comedy works. Yeah, I but mean, you, you, some people are better at it than others. But you do get to a point. You do get to a point where you, you in comedy where you're just like, this is what I want to talk about, and this is what I'm. You know what I mean? And you right. kind of stop yep. caring about what the audience is. But and, you, and what you do is you go and find your audience. Right. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, Lenny Bruce, the, you know the fame, the famous comedian, said, "I only have to get a hundred thousand of you to like me." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And it's true. <laughs> You know, if you can get 100,000 yeah. people to like you and at $20 you're a ticket, you're mm-hmm. making $2 million a year. And, so. and a lot of people, a lot of times, if you're upsetting a lot of people, yeah. that's part of what makes Dude, some of those people I, like them. I call it the Howard Stern effect. <laughs> Everybody hated Howard Stern, but right. they wouldn't turn the radio off. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, Isn't it funny how now nobody finds him offensive? Oh, I know. It's now he's like the <laughs> media like, mogul. Right. For Everybody's like, Howard, why didn't you, why didn't you yeah. warn us about Trump? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. It's like, oh, now anytime the, someone's the like, politicians oh, I, are making you bad, but not I, Howard. Okay. I can't believe that Trump got elected. I go, how can you not? Believe? Have you lived in this country for more than a day? I totally called it on this podcast. By the oh, way. yeah, there you I go. had an argument with Owen. Not an argument, discussion. Sure. He was, he, this was back in the day where everyone was like, no way, that's crazy. He's oh, so yeah. offensive. Like, yeah, and then I was like, what? He's like perfect. He's oh, yeah. like exactly what America is going to go for. Absolutely. Right now. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Actually, it was the same day we had uh, we had Kip Thorne who just won mm-hmm. Nobel Prize. Wow! In physics, so we had that prediction and Kip Thorne. Talk. You had him in your living room here no, in Pasadena. Not, no, oh, we had okay. it was at Caltech. I recorded Caltech. Oh, sometimes. okay, yeah. okay. Um, but he had he just knew that he found that they had made the discovery, but couldn't tell us about it on the podcast. Oh. But that day later, when I found out what they learned, he kept saying he had exciting news but he couldn't tell me yeah and then i later learned it was like he basically learned that he made the discovery that was probably going to give I him think, a Nobel prize i think that would have been so great if you had him here in your living room and like yeah, you had yeah. to turn off your kegerator that's <laughs> 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 like hold on nobel yeah. prize winning scientist i need to turn off my kegerator it makes too much background noise <laughs> that's hilarious that'd be so great he's a really cool guy actually i had him as a professor as a kid and so, he he probably has a kegerator as yeah far as I, know. I think you all yeah. do <laughs> i so here's my other question for you and i and i so i i always wanted to write a tv show you heard it here first folks all right so nobody steal this idea where the sun uh goes out mm-hmm. right and then now you have to deal with this like you know, society that's going to be crashing because the sun. So can you like tell me about idea. like, that sounds awesome. Isn't it be awesome? You basically have to make like artificial suns. And... Right. So, so yeah. tell me about what would happen. Like if, if right now, would there be signs that scientists would see that would tell us that the sun is beginning to die or would it just happen in a, in an instant or how, how does that, well, what's the process? We know it's not going to happen. So it's hard. Right. For me to answer so let's that. just, yeah. We, so I would say something. Well, don't suns die though? They do, but we know ours isn't going to die because of its fuel. But there's always the possibility Wait, that we're wrong. Let's back up. You can't we're just wrong. make that statement. No, so I can't. Like, and I'll tell well, you I mean, why. No, I mean, like, like <laughs> without explaining it, what do you mean okay. that a sun, well, our sun isn't bef- going to die? Bef- before I explain it, I, I want to say how we know that this rather than why I'm so sure about our star. Um, we know <laughs> we the got si- the best star. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an American star. It just lasts forever. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got like you're the just best star. star. It's the best. It's perfect. It's, it's never huge. gonna go out. It's a huge star. <laughs> the worst. Under Obama didn't shine. Now shining better than ever. It's shining twenty percent more. There's no sun in China. China. Everyone says it's the shiny. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, no, but one of the things you probably heard about our star is that it's fairly average. Yeah. And it is. Although, actually, it's, it's, it's like a white guy star. <laughs> it's Larry. It's Larry. Uh, He's like, got a decent oh, guys- star. It's, decent, it's average size. Larry's like, what? I just, I picked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but it's very similar to the same thing that we see with cosmic rays. Okay. There's a lot of stars out there, and so we get to watch them all. And so astronomers right. can tell where in the sequence our star is compared to all the millions and millions of billions of stars that are around us and have categorized so that's where the the certainty comes from but you know based on evidence of other other stars stars, yeah we know that our star is relatively young it's not young it's actually about halfway through its life oh god we're so screwed but there's so many stars like ours yeah we we can see them all at different stages so we really really know like what stage our, our sun is because of that how long does the sun typically last so five billion uh, d- ten billion it completely depends on the kind of sun because okay. uh so ours is a very boring star in that it's the sort of 10 billion year star so okay it, 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 you standard 10 billion yeah you're standard gotcha. 10 billion so gotcha. the, the universe you know it's roughly the age of the universe yeah. uh, a little bit um uh younger mm-hmm. it's it's five it's four billion years old now okay formed roughly the same time as the solar system from some other cataclysmic disaster. Yep. And it has about 5 billion left. Okay. And we know it's going to turn into a red giant. Okay. Because, again, it's just part of this sequence that ever, that astronomers study all over the place. Okay. And when it turns into a red giant, it's actually going to eat the Earth because it gets very hot and big. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this already. And it starts to run out of fuel. Okay. So it's big and red. It's uh, Right now it's burning hydrogen, which yeah. is the most common gas in yep. the universe. Just you know, single proton. And it fuses together. And that process is very slow. Um, it's slow because the... It's a slow burn? It is a slow burn. Gotcha. Yep. And the reason it's slow is uh, actually related to the God particle. Uh Huh? Larry? Yeah. Because the God particle is so heavy, it's hard to turn the hydrogen inside of a hydrogen atom into a neutron. That process is slow. Okay. And so that's what makes our star just burn perfectly for life and our solar system is that it's like finely tuned to do that. Um, Thanks, God. But once it runs out of hydrogen, it starts Mm -hmm. burning helium. Mm. And uh, that process goes much faster. Right. And eventually it gets faster and faster and starts burning, uh, uh, starts creating carbon and oxygen and nitrogen called Mm -hmm. the CNO cycle. And that that, that process is shorter and it becomes really unstable. And eventually it like collapses and creates a supernova. And when it does that, it leaves over this little remnant called a white dwarf. But and by this point, was, Earth is gone. Earth would be gone, yeah. Because by it will, this point, it will eat Earth. Okay. Uh, it it probably won't. When you say eat Earth, do you mean it'll burn it because <laughs> of the like? At what no, point do no. we? I mean, it. So they're called supergiants because they get really big. It will expand because okay. it, because it gets so much hotter when it burns hydrogen. That okay. Instead of being like small and bright, yeah, it becomes this like huge, enormous ball of hot gas everywhere. Huge. You know, like, huge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, so, so the, the boundary will physically, like the earth's orbit yep. is physically like inside the size of that star. Okay. And we see these in the sky too. And okay. that's how we know that that happens is that there's just, there's stars like that that are enormous. Yeah. Um, you know, compared to our sun. So the sun would never just go out. Well, like, what no, would, what would, what would I happen? I think like all things, it's like, 
it, it, this happens in science all the time. You run into something you didn't know think of before. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> we call it the oops effect. Right. <laughs> oops. <laughs> um, I mean, I could see like uh, you know us doing it somehow. I'm not really sure how. Or okay. I could see like um, a, an event that s- happens somewhere else that knocks the sun out. Okay. Maybe like it doesn't even burn it up, but it physically destroys it. Like yeah. for example, we can't see black holes. Yep. Right, and we can't see neutron stars a lot of the yeah. times too. So there might be some wandering around. So it's not totally impossible that uh, you know one just comes flying in and just blows the sun up. Yeah, and then it would go out. Is uh, there another something... possibility is that we get thrown into the middle of nowhere, which is also kind of an interesting one, but just as bad. Yeah. So it's like at any moment, some very heavy planet, yeah. like Planet Nine or a black hole or something, could just come by the solar system and just yank us out. Just sort of like you know fling us with away their, from the with sun. their gravity yeah with that gravity that would fuck up our cell phones right. a lot <laughs> like <laughs> and we think this happens i mean yeah. there is a lot of evidence that you that this happens to planets all the time and it happens even to stars in uh, in galaxies like for yeah. example stars get flung out of galaxies sometimes by huh. black holes and which is also you just describe my dating life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a black hole right just get out <laughs> It's like swiping left yeah. on an epic Ugh. scale. An emotionally unavailable star. <laughs> but I was wondering about those kind of stars that are flying in the middle of nowhere. Like, how weird is that that you just live on a planet where it's like, nope, nothing's nearby. You just see, yeah. you see your sun and then, like, you know, darkness. That must be so. So that might be the show I write. All of yeah. a sudden, our sun gets taken away from a. Like, like is that possible for us to. Like stay in our gravitational state, but then the sun go away. Yeah, oh, yeah I would love absolutely. that. That's yeah. so would be great. Yeah, I think it's more like we'd go away from the sun, but yeah. Know, oh, so something somewhere. would pull us off the gravitational. Yeah, because we're smaller. So, but yeah. both can happen. Both can yeah. happen. I mean, they're kind of almost the same. I just like this idea of society breaking down. That like, sounds like I like it. But I don't know if I make it a comedy or more like a Walking Dead, where like mm-hmm. you have to survive. You know, not, you know, we don't have any crops coming through. We don't. You know what I mean? Like you also get really. Like this could be a low budget thing because most yeah. of it is dark. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like the Blair Witch Project, that worked because they literally just use flashlights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for people who aren't in Hollywood, haven't seen it. When you drive around Hollywood, you just see these movie sets everywhere. Oh, like everywhere. you expect because they're always going on location. Yeah. And uh, they just have these huge lights. That's like most of the work for oh, these sets. Oh, just waiting just like, for lights to move around. And, and usually it's something dumb like, oh, we have to film at night, but it's a day scene. Yeah. Just, I don't know why that's so popular, but it's really popular. Did the Blair Witch Project scare you? No. It is the scariest it, move I've ever seen. It didn't scare me. It scared the shit out of me. Oh, wow. Because I saw it at that point where it was <laughs> like coming out like, is it real? Is it not real? Did they really find these tapes? And I'm so gullible that I was just like... These are real tapes, <laughs> and so it got to the end, and they're like, uh, "That's that why little, I scared you." Oh I knew, my I god! I was, I was twenty. Not <laughs> I was twenty-one or twenty-two. And we literally came home. I was living in Florida at the time. Came home and turned on every light, and we all just slept on couches. <laughs> that's awesome. It was the last movie that's really scared the shit out of me like that. Well, it made a lot of money. Yeah. For for no money. Yeah. But then uh, the sequels horrible how come how come here's my other question how come satellites aren't crashing into each other is there a map this is actually is a real problem that they're worried about is like right now you can track every little bolt and nut and tool yeah like uh just like in the movie like uh in gravity where she almost lets go of a a wrench yep that that's happened i mean astronauts have accidentally left and suddenly that thing is a bullet to other satellites going the other way around um 
so but the the real fear is that they like one will hit one satellite it'll break into a thousand pieces right. then those go and hit other satellites and uh you can have this total catastrophe yeah. where a domino effect yeah a domino effect where space is no longer usable and uh, one of the things i worry about <laughs> is that sandra bullock is stuck <laughs> one of the things i worry about is that if there's uh if you know if there's a major war that uh from a space nation space yeah. sparing nation that might be a technique to try and you know fight other countries stop oh, ballistic yeah. missiles that way and that sort of thing yeah um so i'm a little worried about that but and i think that's a very valid concern i'm surprised there hasn't been some type of space terrorism at this point uh well china because if you knock launched... out if you knock out our gps i mean our whole army runs off of gps technology at this point y- yeah yeah, you know what I mean? Would, yeah, the, like economies would be shut what down. What 19-year-old warm. kid can read a fucking map at this point? There's someone going like, just wait till all the... What, <laughs> yes, yes. Some, what, are, those, what are those thick ones? I can't even remember those. Old like, dude with a compass, like, I have the advantage now. Like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, this, the whole army has to have, like, star readers. Yeah, <laughs> right? Ancient tribal elder, elders who read yeah. the stars. It's all, it's, it's all a, a, a crazy... Uh, it all comes full circle where we need Native Americans to run our arm. <laughs> like they're the only ones that can read stars. Actually, what's really interesting about your story idea, yeah. your TV idea, satellites are all solar powered. Yeah. If the, so, GPS is gone. Oh yeah. So that would be hilarious. But there'd also be all these stars all the time. So yeah. it would be fun to have characters who are just. You could have that character in your show, like ancient star reader guy. Right. He's just. <laughs> he's literally like the, the most lived important a, guy ever. Right. Like he he abandoned his life and just lived on a boat, but now he like <laughs> navigates. <laughs> Everyone needs him. Yeah. He, he's the only one who knows how to. Like, get somebody around. get Gus. <laughs> We gotta figure out how to get to Altoona from here. <laughs> what? what about Larry? No, he's too important. Damn it, he's, he's God. He's the God particle. <laughs> that is interesting, though. I've always wondered about like there's got it's got to be getting crowded up there, and it, it and is, how so. and, and really just how this reliant is, on so satellite technology we have become. So I'm the reason I think uh, it's a valid concern in case of a war, like you mentioned, for mm-hmm. GPS and stuff like that, is China basically made that clear to us to the U.S. They're like, look. You you know you obviously have a bigger army, but they they just did this one demonstration where they shot down a satellite, mm-hmm. one of their own satellites, and it doubled the number of particles orbiting the Earth. So wow. it doubled the, the debris in just yeah. one action. And at the time, everyone was you know the U.S. was really mad that they did that, and like, this jerks. was reckless. And yeah. stuff. but it was a really good warning <clears throat> to the U.S. Like, look, if you try and ever attack china in any way wow you are not gonna have any of you're yeah. not gonna have a space program anymore basically so that's uh, really it's definitely yeah it's definitely a real thing that could happen <laughs> so how do you feel about the current state of the space program it seems like it's oh, being privatized so that's why i said i'm happy with the direction i never got to justify that claim please because i agree republicans are not pro-science in fact i think a lot of people are not pro-science and it's really scary yeah I mean, that's part of why we had this the science march and it's not just on the right there's left stuff too when was the science march <laughs> <laughs> i think i missed that headline yeah. it, did, it didn't anger anybody the way the woman's <laughs> march did like <laughs> it's because there were chicks there right <laughs> yeah it also like everyone's like what yeah like that what yeah what did what uh, are the nerds, nerds are mad. What are, they, what are they mad about? Saving our planet. Right. Oh. And also, our signs were all boring and reasonable. Uh, I think Matt Damon deals. made it pretty clear we can all go to Mars. <laughs> Not a problem. We're just going to take some poop and grow some potatoes. Right. Good to go. Yep. 
uh, the Martian, Andy Weir. We've had him on the show. Oh, did you? Yep. Did he write the Martian? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, yeah. So, uh, what was the question? You wanted to validate. Oh yeah, uh, about the space program. Yep. Re- for the first time, for the last, I'd say eight years, Republicans and Democrats have just unanimously stuck with NASA really mm-hmm. well, and I'm really happy about that. Uh, Obama did cancel the Constellation project, but mm-hmm. really it just got renamed. Okay. And now it's called SLS Space Launch System, and yep. uh, they're we're going forward with it and building the world's biggest rocket. And it's a race between Elon Musk and NASA. And man, his fans are passionate. Oh yeah. my god, I get into like tweet wars with these people. Like, you think the neo Nazis are bad? Jeez, Yikes! Space fans, SpaceX these fans, these musketeers, huh? <laughs> I think I just gave him a name. <laughs> Musketeers, that's good. I like that. Man, you should be writing uh, Trump's tweets. You're right? so good at this. <laughs> do you ever feel like you do that? Like, when every time, you, do you feel this instinct that he has when somebody criticizes him? You're just like, oh, I've got the the meanest nickname for this asshole. Oh, yeah. Do you do that with yeah. your enemies? That's my yeah. default. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I think, yeah, I think for every comedian, like, we're obviously, especially if we do get heckled, it is such a, um, a breach of our every you know like it's such a like a, a trespass like it'd be yeah. like like when you heckle a comedian it's like you're trespassing mm-hmm. on our art and our property and i will smite you <laughs> as quickly as possible i mean uh, like a lot of comedians like oh hey what's going on over there i'm just like shut your fucking mouth whore. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like just <laughs> shut your whore mouth you know what i mean like I don't. That's your nickname. Yeah, everyone's whore mouth. It's whore just a mouth. dude. It's like some dude named Steve. He's like at a bachelor party. This guy just ruined my bachelor party. Shut your whore mouth, Steve. Yeah, oh, but cool. you have to because there's no there's there's no, no other way to do it. No other way to do it when yeah. you're dealing with hecklers. Yeah, you, you give an inch, they take a sloppy drunken mile. They take, they take a six pack. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. So this this thing's actually getting funded, and it's gonna it's gonna fly. It's not exciting. SLS, not sexy. Yeah. Where's it going? Uh, well, the astronauts are really upset because they wanted to go in it on the first ride. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna go. They're gonna take the capsule that can carry astronauts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna send it past the moon and have it come back just to prove that it's safe. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was really hoping they'd launch astronauts in the first one, but yeah. it's just—it's like a brand new rocket, sort of. But it's based on all these pieces from the space shuttle program. Yeah. So they're really well understood stuff. It's, yeah. But it is technically all new, and it could blow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And NASA has a—you know—a little bit of a bad brutal. track record with. Yeah. You know, yeah. not bad, but. Yeah, my my grandfather worked on both the Apollo mission and on Challenger. Wow. He 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 died before Challenger blew up, so he never got to see it launch or blow up. But I mean, he knew the the astronauts who died in the Apollo program. Wow. And it was really hard on him. When you're bet. designing this machine and you're like, you know, hey guys, yeah, <laughs> get in there. Well, that's like that. <laughs> you're that... you're a, literally a human guinea pig. This yeah. is like the only time this is ethical is right. when it's like that line i think it's in apollo 13 where you're you're, you know you're sitting in a machine constructed of a million parts that were won by the lowest bidder you know know, it's like oh you were the lowest bid like yeah Uh, you can you can definitely do this and i think that's why nasa does need places like spacex this is the the like symbiosis they have now is that yeah when you're launching satellites you you want it to be the lowest bidder because space costs too much like just putting a satellite up costs too much and it doesn't make sense to have the same organization that's trying to save people you know keep humans 
live on yeah. a really important mission yeah or a space probe that cost a billion dollars to construct and right. took like you know a thousand people 20 years of their life um those are the missions nasa wants to focus on mm-hmm. and they don't want to be responsible for just getting you know the netflix sat three up and so that's why it's so important to have companies like spacex spacex get really good at keeping that cost down yeah so let me ask you. So I've I've been skeptical at times of the of the space program and what it now. I know that when you set a goal like going to the moon, you know it focuses scientists on creating technology, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like in technology that can be used by all humans. Um, when you look at something like the Hubble telescope program, like like has that has that program offered any type of everyday applications for humans, or is it just like? Is it like sometimes I view it as like, all right, scientists just want to geek out and go look at some stuff. You know what I mean? Like uh, what kind of applications do you think, if, if any, that the Hubble t- telescope has provided or what kind of things, what kind of, how have we gotten our money back on that thing? Yeah. So uh, that's a good question. So there's two ways that it happens. Um, there's the, the kind of boring way, which is the harder to justify, but <laughs> definitely happens, which is that when you go and solve these hard problems, you do get that the 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 business end back because all the companies that are helping work on that mm-hmm. accomplish something. So, like in the case of um, building a, a difficult satellite like Hubble, mm-hmm. we also get Direct TV satellites and stuff oh, like okay. that. Um, you know, those become cheap enough because the scientists spend all their time trying to figure out this really one hard problem, and you know, trying to expect a company to get a, you know all the smartest people to work on that is is almost impossible. Not impossible, but almost impossible. Yep. But then there's like more direct things, like the sensors in uh, space probes. Mm-hmm. Um, they were <laughs> built for the purpose of being, you know, super light and taking really good digital. If you look at the how much they precede digital cameras, yeah, the technology that always shows up <laughs> in those is always what then allows the the commercialization of uh, cheaper sensors. Okay. And right now, you know, who can dispute that? You know, having a, everyone has like a, a you know TV grade studio yeah. in their hand yeah. now, which is awesome. I mean, I think that's totally changed the world. Yeah, and that's a direct a result of the research done by astronomers yeah. and people building these satellites. Huh? Like, I, maybe we'd have them without it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe we'd eventually have them. Right, but it's you know I don't think so because I think usually if you look at the path that that technology took. There were people trying to solve a really hard problem, and it was you can't you can't pitch to investors the end. You can't say like, "Oh, listen, we got to put this satellite up in space with this super light camera that costs a billion dollars because that way, then we can turn around and sell it into phones that I don't even know exist yet." Right? You know what I mean, it's like you don't understand the application. Yeah, yet. it's uh, and I've been on both ends because I've worked in private industry and in science, and you really need. You need both. Yeah. You need somebody. You can't expect like a, you know, government run things or, or anything like that to, um, can't expect that to just make all our products for us. Right. And that needs to be done by, by companies and you can't expect them to commercialize it because you need the incentive of making money, but you, you really can't do the other way around. Either. Yeah. Especially not if it's something that benefits all of us. Right. And, uh, so for example, something like Hubble and other projects like that is, you know, that's how we know the sun's not going to go out. So. Right. Oh, yeah, that's a <laughs> so good one. So there's an example. <laughs> I got my money's worth and, on that uh, one. For yeah. me, I'm, I've talked about it on the show a lot, but for me, the main reason we need something like SLS is that benefits us all is for planetary defense. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like science fiction that would be hit by an asteroid or something like that, but it really is not 
an unlikely scenario. I mean, we we will eventually be hit by a huge asteroid that will, you know, wipe out large chunks of life on Earth. It's happened before. It happens every million years. I think you're just reciting the beginning of Armageddon. Yeah. (laughs) I was really happy when those movies came out because that popularized the idea that was really like people thought there's no way this is true. Well, they popularized the idea that there's really nothing we can do (laughs) unless Billy Bob Thornton sends Bruce Willis up to (laughs) drill drill a hole. Right, but it turns out it's it's not that there's nothing we can do. We we can do it. It just requires a very large rocket. We can we can send a nuclear bomb. We can paint side, you know part of the thing. It's an actual. But don't survivable... we have to drill into the? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you think we can just change the trajectory yeah. by? Yeah, yeah. And there's people who work on that. There's yeah. this is a real thing. I I it, I wish it got more funding actually, but yeah. Um... Do you think it'll happen? I mean, well, I mean, obviously it's random, but I mean, are there are there are there asteroids right now that are tracking towards Earth? Um, they're they're getting better and better at tracking them. Okay. So for a while we didn't even know where they all were. Right. And that was already a problem. Like, but there's been a lot of funding for that now. And yeah. So we have an entire map of all these near Earth asteroids. But that's only one type of the threat. The other is just random things that fly in from the middle of nowhere. They come off from you know outside our solar system, and that's a real threat too. Yeah. And, uh, and but even the near Earth objects. Um, a lot of there's there's blind spots mm-hmm. we don't we don't uh, like for example we can't see anything that's behind the sun at the moment if something's like kind of yeah always behind the sun you don't see it and that happened in uh russia in 2000 I forget what year 2011 the one where they had all the dash cams yeah where they saw that that meteor coming in yeah that yeah so that ass, that dude. came out of nowhere yeah that's an example of the kind of event that we don't want to run did that kill anybody uh it didn't actually and it injured two thousand people which is oh really yeah oh because the glass the glass but it didn't actually kill anyone because but it it will eventually yeah one will happen that kind of event happens uh about every five to ten years actually the reason we don't hear about it more is because we're the the, media (laughs) media covering up um why that usually happens over the ocean okay nobody knows i mean there's a there's satellites that pick it up yeah but you don't see. There's no dash cams except right? for uh, <laughs> except for the Tankers. Joe the Sky Reader. In see, his we, boat. was his name idea. Joe? I can't remember. We was... put dash cams on pirate ships. Just Somali pirate ships. With, like, with, is that a GoPro? And that's I am the captain now. And like, oh, what's that's that? Great. Is that a rocket? It's a meteor. We have a meteor shower coming through. So most of these things hit hit the water, yeah, but they don't do more, because there's more water than there is land. Yeah, and then even when they yeah. do hit the land, there usually there's a lot of empty land out there. Oh yeah, there's a lot of people don't have ca- dash Dude, cams. Let me make something perfectly clear: if a meteorite is going to like end the world, I want it to land on my fucking house. Like I want to be like I want to be the first to die. I don't want to die because we have some ash cloud that's cutting off our food supplies. Right, where everyone just dies of starvation. Everyone asks me, like, oh, what would you running we, from the cannibals or what something? What would you do for a zombie apocalypse? I'm like, run toward the zombies. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not going to go four days without a hot shower. Are you fucking kidding me? Look, they seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, they like, seem pretty chill. They just, just eat all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, God. When have you ever heard a zombie say he wasn't happy? Right? Never. <laughs> Never. Hey, how you feeling today? <laughs> exactly. Happy. That's like I, I live in Studio City, and it's a great neighborhood, but we've got our fair share of crackheads, and they are always laughing and having a great time. And I'm like, maybe I'm missing out here. Maybe this sobriety stuff is awful, and I should just start smoking crack. Mm-hmm. Don't listen, kids out there. Yeah. Don't yeah. smoke crack. I don't think any kids listen. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> You'd be surprised. 
Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, I had a fan say that he uh, plays it for his kids. All right. So, there you go. Hey, don't do, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> but at some point, we're going to be hit with a rock meteor. So, <laughs> right. maybe so just, just weigh those two yeah, options. <laughs> or, or we're going to get killed by a collider in Switzerland. <laughs> All right, I never told you what the results that we were announcing were. So before we wrap up, I got to tell Ooh, you. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> we got, so we did the thing we normally do, mm-hmm. you know, the segue, segue, segue. Yep. The nested segues, yeah. which is great. That's fine. That's fun. Um, yeah, so the big announcement today is this experiment, Core A. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing a test to see if uh, neutrinos are their own antiparticle. So do, I don't. you probably don't know what neutrinos are. Nope. Let's, let remind you. So neutrinos... Mind the listeners too, I guess. Uh, neutrinos are these extremely tiny particles that almost never interact with anything, uh, but they they are given off by the sun in huge amounts. But unlike light, which we can see, neutrinos go like right through the Earth. Mm. And they were discovered um, in the you know in the forties when people were discovered radioactivity okay and they're always given off by radioactivity but they're not the bad kind of radiation because they're harmless yeah because they go they literally go through everything they could go through three light years of solid lead that's how wow frequently they um they they go through so one of the they actually took a long time for people to detect them directly because they're so hard to detect that um for a long time they were just theoretical because we knew that they probably were there because there's this like missing energy mm-hmm um, in certain reactions, no one could see where the energy was going. And so uh, they're like, hey, probably it's going to this particle that we can't detect. And sure enough, it was there. Anyway, nowadays we can detect them, but they're still so hard to detect. We can't tell if they're their own antiparticle or not because they don't have charge, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons they don't interact with anything. So they're not like electrons. They don't, they never um, bond anything. They're traveling almost the speed of light all the time. Um, anyway, so this experiment we're looking for is this rare process where a nucleus decays but gives off no neutrinos. And there's a signature that we can look for. And um, the experiment's supposed to run for five years, but it ran for the first year. And I worked on it uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on the paper, but I, you know, I'm not in the collaboration anymore. But they, we just announced our results that um, we set new limits on, on uh, the search for that. So it's not like... It's not like exciting news in that we discovered something. Like, <laughs> can we, we get put... a sound cue? Like, <laughs> meow, 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 meow. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> right, air horn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just cue the Calvin Evans, or Cal- DJ Calvin, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Well, congratulations. Like, That's awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that Greg Wilson got his, claims his voice got stolen for a nap? No. It's like him saying ham. Oh, it's great. You should watch yeah. that. Maybe I'll play it on here. That's so fun. <laughs> All right. Well, Ken, thanks for uh, coming on the this show. This was so much fun. Yeah. I learned a ton. Awesome. I really appreciate awesome. you having me. And you're a funny guy. I'm going to go uh, write my would, script now. You going to pitch your next show? Um, When's this coming out? Probably tomorrow. Oh, cool. We'll do it tomorrow. All right. We'll um, see. Yeah. Uh, I have a show on Saturday called Long Hard Sets at the um, Improv. Improv? Awesome. Improv, and um, we're gonna have we have a great lineup: uh, Becky Robinson, Jeff Baldinger, uh, Joy Via Gomez, a friend of mine from Chicago, will be there. Um, I'm blanking on oh Dave Hellum. So all always great comics. This show is a little bit different. Like most most clubs, if you go to a comedy show, you'll see like ten comics do eight minutes. 
This is uh, four comics or five comics doing 20 minutes each. So you get to like oh, see awesome. them stretch out a little bit. Uh, so tickets are available HollywoodImprovImprov.com on Saturdays and every Sunday I host Lab Work, which is one of the best open mics in the country. Absolutely. Um, we have uh, we go from 10 p.m. until 1 a.m. Each comedian does three minutes of material, their best three minutes, for a chance to get booked at the world-famous <clears throat> Improv Comedy Club. And then you guys can always check me out, uh, KenGar.com. I've got dates coming up in Las Vegas and Lake Tahoe. Yeah, um, you go to Vegas a lot. That's yeah, awesome. very fortunate. Yeah. And then um, I uh, have a new show. Uh, the next We don't have the date for the next one, but it's called We the People. We take two comedians that lean left we take two comedians that lean right and then we discuss today's topics um political topics and then they have to come up with a resolution so we gotta meet in the middle somewhere although it's in la left and right so. yeah, yeah, yeah so it's really just like far left left you know what I mean? yeah. yeah so uh but it's been great and we're hoping to get that one on television yeah so. and I, I went to your taping yeah awesome. thank you so, so nice no it was got, great yeah was got, so awesome got to meet your wife and yeah it was great mm. um so yeah so you can always follow me on twitter and instagram at comedian ken gar i'd love to have you guys follow along awesome thanks for being on the show thanks for having me